In the Disney movie, Enchanted, Disney is able to make fun of itself a little bit with their princess stereotypes. Uh, we have Giselle, who is a bona fide animated. Oh, what do you mean, how? Not yet, not yet. How <laughs> not does yet. She know hold on, hold on. Oop, pause. <laughs> I said I cue you. I'll, t I'll tell you the cue. All right, <clears throat> where was I? Yes, Giselle. You're really going to be surprised. There's a video clip coming. You had no idea. Giselle, a bona fide animated Disney princess, gets thrown into the quote-unquote real world, which apparently is modern-day New York City. Uh, she meets a skeptical divorce lawyer named Robert. These are the two characters that are talking here. Uh, and he has a girlfriend, Nancy, but he's not that good at uh, showing love. So uh, Giselle, in this clip, uh, asked him uh, how Nancy knows, his, his girlfriend, that Robert loves her. Right? And she ends up singing a song about it because, you know, it's Disney. Uh, so let's take a look. What do you mean, how? How does she know you love her? Oh, no, no. How does she know People look looking. she's yours? Don't sit. It's okay. You know, let's just walk. Can we walk? Okay. Well, does she? Yeah. How does she know that you love her? Oh. He knows the song, too. How do you show her you love her? How does she know that you really, really, truly love her? I've never heard How this song. How does she know that you love her? How do you All show right. her you love her? Really nice work. How does okay. she know that That's you it. really, really, Look, okay, truly Let's go. Okay. love her? It's not enough to take the one you love for granted. You must
Giselle! I've been dreaming. Take these flowers to Nancy, please. What are you crazy? They're birds. They don't know where she lives. <laughs> so why have uh, I shown you this song? Well, the point here is that love has to be shown, be it, you know, romantic love, like in this Disney song, or even the love of our Heavenly Father. Uh, love, there was a DC Talk uh, song. It said, love is a verb. Do you guys remember that? Love is a verb. I don't want to do another song, but you get the idea. Um, to this end, I've been thinking about the five love languages and how these might relate to God's relationship with us, his children. So the question is, how do we know that God loves us, right? My sense is that by examining these love languages, we will uh, get a sense, uh, and that's how we'll know, that's how we'll know, that's how we'll know God's love for us. Amen? So uh, the five love languages, it, it comes from a book. Uh, it was written by Dr. Gary Chapman, who is the senior associate pastor at Calvary Baptist Church in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And this book has been a New York Times bestseller since 2009. It's, it's pretty famous. A lot of people know it and, and talk about it. Um, and he uh, Dr. Chapman says that there are ways of communicating and receiving love. And most people have uh, like a primary language and a secondary language that, uh, uh, of love. Uh, so here, here they are. So uh, maybe we can repeat these, all right? So the first one is words of affirmation, quality time, giving gifts, physical touch, and acts of service. Very good. So Dr. Chapman applies the theory in the context of strengthening marriages. He does uh, marriage counseling and um, seminars. But I think all of us can benefit from understanding these love languages and applying them to our everyday relationships as appropriate. 
And of course, seeing how Hashem speaks love to us, his children. So the first love language we're going to look at is words of affirmation. This is when uh, we affirm in others what God is doing, when we are encouraging, when we speak into the positive and God-given identity of others. Uh, my father, when I was growing up, he used to give me hugs. He'd give me a big hug, and he'd say, good stuff, good stuff, like that. And uh, so there you had the physical, you had touch, but you also had a, a word of affirmation, which I, you know, I carry that with me um, into my adult years. Uh, sometimes I, I actually imagine our, our Heavenly Father feels the same way about us. Amen? He gives us a big squeeze, and he says, what does he say to you? Good stuff. You are good stuff to our Father in Heaven. I believe that this love language is uh, it's particularly effective with most men. That just seems to be uh, true. Uh, that we, as men, we like words of affirmation. Uh, we can affirm others with specific praise, right? Gifts that we see in them, or by appreciation, or even words of knowledge. Uh, God has given me words of knowledge, uh, words of affirmation for others over the years, and that I know has blessed them. Uh, and he's given others words of affirmation for me in my life. And so too with the Lord. God loves us with words of affirmation. His word, his Torah is full of promises if we would take them to heart. Romans 4.17 uh, says of Abraham, as it is written, a father of many nations I have made thee before him whom he believed, even God, who gives life to the dead and calls the things that are not as though they were. Isn't that interesting? Calls the things that are not as though they were. God does this. His voice calls into being. And with our voices, if we're listening to Hashem, we can, we can affirm what God is doing and what God says. Uh, sometimes people will do this for me. They'll address me uh, as rabbi. You know, rabbi, uh, they'll... Uh, Actually, uh, Robert did it uh, the other day at Oneg, um, and uh, the people I was sitting with, they were kind of confused, like, wait, are you, you're the rabbi? I don't understand. And I had to explain that, uh, that Robert was calling things that are not as though they were. He was speaking that affirming uh, um, calling into my life. Um, so how does God affirm us in his word? He says in his word, I will surely complete the work I began in you. Philippians 1.6. He says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Jeremiah 31.3. He says, you are my treasured possession. Deuteronomy 7.6. If we meditate on these truths and others like them and we apply them, then we will be filled with God's affirming us by his words. And this brings us to the second love language, quality time. On a human level, uh, we know that someone cares about us if they want to spend time with us, if they want to be around us, right? We show love in this way uh, in our community when we visit those who are sick, when we pray for people, when we get coffee with a friend and we 
put away our smartphone for a few minutes and just engage with them, right? Uh, how has Hashem shown quality time with us is a good question. Well, you could look at the whole narrative of Scripture this way. Is God wanting to be with us, right? That's how we know he loves us. First, we were with God in the garden. And then, you know, we kind of we messed that up, right? We were separated from God, but it didn't stop the Lord from having that quality time and seeking us out, right? So he reached out to us because he dwelled um, with us by his presence in the tabernacle. And then later in the temple, he, was, he kept reaching out for that quality time. The problem of God's holiness and our sinfulness, it wasn't fully resolved in the Tanakh, but the Lord was working on it, right? Partially. He partially resolved it and fully resolved it, of course, in Yeshua the Messiah. At that time, God met with the high priest once a year in the Holy of Holies, but that was the only way that God could have quality time dwell with his people. But in Yeshua, because of his sacrifice on the tree, the problem of holiness is fully resolved, right? Amen? And we can spend quality time with God. We can approach his throne of grace, right? In Scripture, God is constantly seeking us out over and over, how to be with us, how to spend time with us. In my own life, I know that Hashem has drawn me to himself. Before, before I was a disciple of Yeshua, I knew that the Lord reached out to me. And I think many of us could say the same, looking back on our lives, that the Lord called us out because he wanted to be with us. He reached out to me so much when I was in college. Ultimately, I, I couldn't resist his love. It was almost like he was uh, hounding me, right? There's that old poem, The Hound of Heaven, right? He's, he's just after us. He just wants to be with us. He wants quality time. So in my life, the Lord put people in my path, and they were able to speak into my life because they were Christians, right? They were disciples of Yeshua, and uh, that's how I knew. That's how I knew that God loved me, um, and he did not relent until he had won me over, right? He, the Lord wooed me. Yeshua said in John 6, 40, 44, no one can come to me. Unless the Father who sent me does what? Draws them, right? And I will raise them up on the last day. The Father has to draw us to himself. And God has, by his grace, pursued all of us. Or maybe is currently pursuing us until we have surrendered to him. Hashem loves us by desiring to be with us, to commune with us, his creation. Even though, in a sense, we hurt him with our disobedience and our unholy behavior, he presses through so he can be Emmanuel, God with us. And this brings us to the third love language, giving gifts. So think of the best gift you've ever gotten, right? A gift says, I've, I've thought about you. I specifically planned to bless you, and I thought about what you might want or need. It might be a cliche, but I think it's true. When it comes to giving gifts, it really is the thought that counts. Would you agree? Right. I've experienced and heard testimonies of, of people feeling led by the Lord to give others, and it was exactly 
what they needed. Raise your hand if you've experienced or heard of a story like that. Look at all those hands, right? Um, this is a win-win-win situation. The gift giver experiences partnering with the Lord. The receiver experiences the love of God and uh, the love of the giver. And God, of course, gets the glory. Uh, we have to acknowledge the ultimate gift giver, the Lord, right? Um, we sang a song um, based on Psalm 103 today, didn't we? Yes. And uh, this is a great psalm. It enumerates in the, in the beginning, um, really the whole thing, but the, the gifts that Hashem has given us. And this is what it says. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins. Not some, not most, all your sins. Heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness, tzedakah, and justice for all the oppressed. He has given us life. He's given us family. He has provided everything that we need. Whatever we have, whatever we have, is from the Lord. And from him and to him are all things. And this brings us to the fourth love language, acts of service. Now, I would say that this is a strength in our community. Would you agree? We have, uh, I believe, a level of dedication and time that our community puts into this congregation. It's, it's really incredible. Yeshua said that the world will know you are my disciples by your love for one another. And in this love language... I think we represent God's love very well. It reminds me of uh, this love language. It reminds me of a Super Bowl commercial. Uh, do, you, do you know the one I'm thinking of? There's the husband, and he's offering to help with the cleaning. And uh, there's Mr. Clean in there somehow. I don't know. But she, she realizes that uh, the husband wants to help. And what does she do? She just tackles him. She's so thankful. Oh, I can't believe you're helping me. Right? Do you, do you remember this? No? Okay. <laughs> well, uh, I would show you the video, but only one video per sermon, so you just have to uh, look it up later, I guess. You know, I think of the, think of the word mensch, right? Mensch in Yiddish means a, it's a, a person, right? A real person. And I think uh, our congregation is filled with mensches, with menchim, right, in this, in this sense, uh, someone that's always serving others. Yeshua, who was and is the visible image of the invisible God, was all about this, all about acts of service. He was always putting others first. He was always thinking about the needs of others. I love this account of, of Yeshua in Matthew 20. This is uh, verses 20 through 28. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Yeshua with her sons, and kneeling down, asked a favor of him. What is it you want, he asked. She said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right hand and the other at your left in your kingdom. You don't know what you're asking, Yeshua said to them. Can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? We can, they answered. Yeshua said to them, you will indeed drink from my cup. 
but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my Father. When the ten heard about this, the other disciples, they were indignant with the two brothers. Yeshua called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Yeah. Whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, to give his life as a ransom for many. And this brings us to the final love language, physical touch. In human terms, this is pretty easy to understand, right? When we pray for others, um, we were reaching out uh, with our hands to show love. I saw that when we were praying um, the Misha Berach and when we, uh, did the, when we said the Kaddish. You can, you can see it, right, in our congregation. Um, in the context of marriage, of course, physical touch and in- intimacy are the most evident, and that was what Dr. Chapman was referring to when he was talking about this love language. Um, outside of marriage, you know, in American culture, we're, we're usually more comfortable with uh, maybe a handshake, right? Or, uh, or the famous side hug. Did anybody get a, a side hug today? Or, uh, or if it's two men, you know, you got the man hug where you're, you, you have the arm, the two arms in between you, right? But that, what is that? That is still touch, Right? And what is the goal of touch? Why do we do it? It's intimacy. It's vulnerability. With appropriate boundaries, touch is very important in our close relationships. And what about Hashem? How can God touch us, be intimate with us? The best way that I can think of, of course, is the incarnation of Yeshua. um, And where he would lay hands on people and heal them, right? He, would, he was God with, with hands, essentially, so we could see. But there are hints of this throughout the Hebrew Scriptures, of God being intimate with us, in a sense, touching us. So this is in Exodus 24, uh, verses 9 through 10, and this is what it says. It's very interesting. Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and the 70 elders of Israel went up and saw the God of Israel. Interesting, right? They went up to Mount Sinai. Under his feet was something like a pavement made of lapis lazuli, as bright blue as the sky. But God did not raise his hand against these leaders of the Israelites. They saw God, and they ate and drank. Isn't that great? It's like, it was like an oneg with the Lord. Literally, right? And this is just after the, um, the giving of the Torah. In other words, the elders had a meal with God. Sharing a meal with someone, this is intimacy, right? Especially in, in ancient cultures, right? This, when you share a meal with someone, that means intimacy. That means fellowship. That means closeness, right? And we're going to do that in a few minutes. Amen? All right. That's the purpose of our own egg uh, after service. That's why we do that. So we have seen how Hashem expresses love to us. We have seen how we know that God loves us, evidenced by the five love languages. Do we remember what they are? Words of affirmation, yes. Quality time, giving gifts, 
acts of service, and, and touch. But what should our response be to this radical love? Modified to fit our love for the creator, I think it should be the same. What are our words of affirmation that we can pour back to the Lord? It's not as though God needs affirmation, as we do, but we need it. We need to affirm him as his creation. We need to exalt him. We need to, as the scripture says, ascribe greatness to his name. We need to worship him. This is the loving response to God from children who have been affirmed by him. We have been affirmed by God, by his words. So therefore, we pour back our words of affirmation. What about quality time? How can we love God with quality time? I think of our devotional time. Are we, are we prioritizing this? Are we prioritizing time with God, prayer, scripture, worship, singing spiritual songs and hymns? This is what Diane was talking about earlier, right? Meditating on his word, right? Are we making time for that? What about giving gifts? How can we give a gift to the Lord? He says he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Well, Scripture says that we're to offer our very selves as gifts. In Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Doesn't that sound great? That's a great picture of a love relationship when we give our very selves to God. How about acts of service? Well, this is our primary worship. This is our devotion. The root for serve is the same root um, in Hebrew for worship, avodah, right? We worship him. And finally, intimacy, touch. If we prioritize knowing God, being close to him, loving him back for all the love he has poured out in us, then all these other things that we're concerned about, they'll, they'll fall into place. We love God because he first loved us. Amen? All right. Well, let's pray. Avinu Malkenu, our Father and our King, we thank you that you're a good Father and that you've shown us so many ways that we know, we know that you love us. Help us to pour that love back to you, O oh God, in gratitude and uh, to love you because you first loved us and uh, to center our whole lives around this idea. And in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen.